How should schools empower young female voices today? Let girls be loud. Let girls argue. Let girls disagree. Don't feel defensive or offended as an adult if a student disagrees with you or says that what you're doing is wrong. Um, I think we need to check our own egos as adults in school buildings and let people um, say what they need to say, especially girls, because so much of how we are socialized as women is to, you know, be quiet and go along and keep people happy and do what, you know, you're told. Is that easy as an adult in the building? No. Um, sometimes it's really hard to uh, get pushback, but I think give people space to do that, give students space to express their opinion, give them time to work through a compromise, and they'll change the world. Welcome to the Power of Community on the Voice of Montbello podcast. I'm your host, Estrella, and today I'm here with Erin Williams. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. In this special podcast series, we speak with powerful educators and entrepreneurs who have participated in the Moonshot Fellowship here in Denver, Colorado. Moonshot is an amazing fellowship that empowers educators to reimagine education and embrace their creativity to develop, innovate, and transformative experiences with youth. So Erin, I would like to know more about you. What's your background like? Where did you come from? Yeah, um, love this question. There's so many ways to answer it. So um, I come from indigenous and Irish roots. I feel like that's really important to who I am. Um, the level of importance of family and importance of community. I grew up mostly in Denver and kind of the suburbs and areas around. I lived in L.A. for nine years where I started my teaching career. So that's an important part of who I am as well. But Colorado is definitely home. And how was L.A. like? It was transformative for sure. I moved out um, of I finished college at 22 and moved all by myself to teach with Teach for America, which was, you know, a whole experience on its own. And um, so I worked in South L.A., met amazing people and fell in love with education. And do you think you would go back to L.A.? I was actually back last weekend for my niece's wedding, but permanently, no. <laughs> Denver's your home. Denver's my home. Denver's yeah. your home. All right. My next question to you is, what inspired you to become a teacher? And yeah. a programmer. So I was an ethnic studies and sociology major in college. I had originally wanted to go into law. Uh, I wanted to be a lawyer for a while. Um, I took a class and read a statistic. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but it was the number of people in prison who were functionally illiterate. And so to me, I was just wanted to get to the root of um, how do we stop the prison industrial complex? How do we reduce the number of people that end up in that situation? We get all the way to all the way back to literacy. And so um, I looked into how do I get into education because I wasn't an education major and so became a teacher. And my plan was to do it for two years and then go to law school. And after a few months, this was my calling. I'm in. So, you fell in love with yep, it. Yep, yep, I did. Well, that's good to hear. Do you think 
How different do you think life would be if you chose to do law? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'd be richer. That would be nice. But no, Um, I think I don't know. It's hard. I just think everything happens for a reason. And so all the people that I know, all of the communities that I've been able to be a part of, all of the paths that my life has taken a lot are because I chose to teach. And so, yeah, I can't I can't imagine what it would be like if I had chosen a different path. Um, I just think this was the right way. So, yeah. That's good. I'm glad you found the path and I'm glad you chose this path. Yeah. Because, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you really love what you do. So I'm glad. Why did you choose to become a principal for gals? Yeah. So um, I was actually working for a nonprofit through the pandemic. So I took a step away. It was still educational, but um, from working in K-12 and some you know changes happened and I I was kind of felt a calling to go back to education. And so that's actually why I joined Moonshot um, was I I felt like something about girls education, something about opening a girls school. And so I had visited gals in 2018 or so. um, And then in 2021, a couple of years ago, the executive director reached out to me and um, was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm actually not sure I'm looking for something new. And so um, I came on uh, as a project manager and then got hired as assistant principal. And then um, this year, this is my first year as the principal of the high school. And how do you like being the principal? You know, it's it's hard work. It's really hard work, not going to lie. It's um, I have said a lot, the highs are high and the lows are low. It's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of juggling. It's a lot of, there's a lot of clients, if you will. There's kind of a I'm working for students. I'm also working for families. I'm also working for my staff. And so trying to balance and making sure that everybody gets what they need and that ultimately, you know, students are first and that we're meeting the needs of uh, and fulfilling our mission is it's a lot to juggle. And it's also I'm never bored. I'm never, um, you know, not I always have something to do and I always have something to get better at. So I really enjoy that. Does it get overwhelming for you? (laughs) And how do you cope with it? Um, My family is um, kind of my safe space and where I find peace and grounding. So just going home and being able to be with them. Um, And uh, I have good mentors, coaches. I think it's always important to keep growing even as you or 20 years into your career, there's somebody that knows more and somebody that's done it before. And so leaning into them, listening to music, there's, you know, little things and big things that I do to get through. And just one day at a time, you know, if I have 100 emails, let me get it down to 90. Then I can feel like I did something. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. What is your next passion you want to pursue? This is interesting. I, I feel like things find me. And so right now I'm so into this, what I'm doing, I would say one thing that I've integrated into my work is outdoor education. And so I actually, um, we took students to climb a 14er a couple, about a month ago. Um, And so all of the seniors had the opportunity to go on a trip to climb a 14er. For those that aren't in Colorado, it's a 14,000 foot or high, high or taller mountain in the state of Colorado. And so we climbed Mount Sherman and that was incredible. So I really liked getting students out into the outdoors and doing something difficult. So yeah, probably just being outside more, getting kids outside. Yeah. Yeah. And have you seen a difference from like indoor education and outdoor education? For sure. Yeah. Students that kind of avoid work or are, have struggled or have had 
trauma related to school completely open up in a different way when you move the environment outside. So, and we have a, we live in a beautiful state with a lot of opportunities to, you know, find refuge, find peace there. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I wish more schools were like that here in Colorado because Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, it's just we're inside way too much. And like, we just need the time to like, just go outside. Where do you see the biggest opportunities for girls in an all girls school? The biggest opportunities, I I believe that women are so powerful when we support each other. I think unstoppable. And so the opportunities for girls to learn that we're not in competition with each other and that we can actually be each other's biggest support and ally uh, is a life lesson that I hope that our students learn at, at GALS um, and at any all-girls school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I feel like girls nowadays feel like they're in competition with, like, each other like your own friends like mm-hmm. you feel like you're like in competitions with them and yeah i feel like a change of environment of where it's all girls i feel like it could feel very like supportive what are the biggest changes you would like to see at all girls schools in the next few years yeah so one of the things we're really wrestling with is the notion of all girls in and the you know support that that supports the gender binary right and that mm-hmm. so it's like girls or boys and we know that there are lots of other genders and there are lots of other ways to be in the world and so um supporting that including students that are non-binary students who are trans students who um, don't identify as a girl and yet benefit from the education at a school like gals and so i hope that we can get to a place where it doesn't take a whole paragraph to explain that we are girls plus and what that means and what that looks like, being able to explain that to families and being able to actually live that out um, and being a truly inclusive place. So kind of breaking the binary while still maintaining the power and presence of girls. What do you think is like the biggest misconception there is Mm. for like all girls schools? I think it's related to my last question that it's just there's a very specific way to be a girl. I think there's such a spectrum. And so there is still a lot of gender diversity even at a school like Gals where it's not just girly girls, quote unquote, or, you know, there's lots of ways to be in a school that is single gender. Yeah. And do you guys have like clubs in particular Mm -hmm. yeah so we have an active theater program we have um, an athletics program and then we also have affinity groups so those are for students um, most of them are around identity and so students can be with students that they identify with and kind of talk about issues that are unique to their experience and then we also have some after school programming we've had like dungeons and dragons and crochet and kind of different based on student interests yeah and do you see a lot of those groups like becoming like friends with each other, like mm-hmm. finding like able to connect like in for like example, like if if you were at a school with like more diversity, mm-hmm. more like instead of all girls, mm-hmm. um, do you see that their connections are different? Like the way that they bond would be different from other if they were in a like more diverse school. I think so. Yeah. 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 And it is very diverse. I don't. Yeah. Just in a, in a co-ed, I guess they call it. Yeah. School. What is your favorite aspect of an all girls environment? I think seeing students push themselves and our movement is a big part of our 
mission and, and our, pro our program at GALS. And so uh, students can run in the halls and students are moving in class. And, and so that part is really fun to be a part of and be able to maybe one day I'm going to run, maybe at school I'll run the mile and maybe one day I'm, I see kids um, learning how to skateboard and or riding bikes through the hallway, which our custodian loves. Um, but yeah, so that part that's unique to our mission is really cool to see how they push themselves physically. Do you think other schools should start doing something like GALS has? I, I mean, there's, I think that we should always have lots of options for different folks and kind of what people need. I do think that movement, be integrating movement into schools across the board, no matter who you're serving, is important. It's research-based, like students need to move, people need to move regardless of your age. I don't want to sit still for a lecture for two hours. I have a hard time now, especially being part of a school that has so much movement integrated. If I have to sit for a training or something for an hour, I start to get kind of antsy after 20 minutes or so. So I think it's really important for keep the blood moving. And so movement, absolutely. I think more schools should integrate into their day. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, since especially like a lot of people have like anxiety and like mm -hmm. stuff like that. You just need to move around and like yeah. some schools aren't very supportive of mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so I really like what you do at GALS Thank for you. that. Of course. Yeah. And what do you see as the top issue girls are facing today in school? Mental health is especially since the pandemic and since the lockdowns and um, folks being away from school, away from their community. And, and that's not just my opinion. That's research is showing that and especially related to cell phones. And I hate to sound like an old person. I'm also addicted to my phone. I hate that I am. And I think the research is very clear that we're spending way too much time on our screens. We're spending way too much time watching other people's lives. And I think it's really dangerous. And I hope that we can figure out a way to help teenage girls especially to be able to break free from that and be able to kind of find themselves in community rather than in these curated filtered worlds yeah online yeah yeah and like i i yeah i agree with that because i feel like once you see something on like the internet like you think it's it's that you know like it's mm -hmm. perfect yeah and it's not like the the reality of things is like you you have to be your own person you can't live based off of what you see online and what other people want mm -hmm. yeah and what would you say to someone who is debating if they should enroll their daughter in an all-girls school i would say check it out go visit the school spend some time in classrooms um i would say that to any family that's trying to decide what school to go to talk to students talk to families talk to teachers catch them in you know passing period when they're not thinking that they're being interviewed and just ask honest questions and just kind of Go with your gut when you if you walk into a school and it feels like home to you, then, you know, move towards maybe enrolling. But um, there's so many options in Denver and Aurora for students. And I think that's a really cool thing about our cities is that um, we have school choice. And so there are lots of different options. So I would just say like, give it a shot and, and come visit. <laughs> and does gals feel like home to you? In a lot of ways, yeah, it does. It does. There are so many things that resonate with um, my beliefs and who I am. And um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad it feels like home to you. Yeah. And does it feel like work? Like just being there, does it feel like work? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does feel like work, but I think that's okay. I think, you know, we're, I think it's that whole like find what you love and you never work a day in your life. Okay, cool. If you can do that. I also, 
Um, I think it's okay to work and I think it feels good to work. I enjoy working. I don't, uh, I don't want to just stay home and, you know, anybody that does that, that's great. And I, I enjoy working. I enjoy challenging myself. And so, yeah, some days more than others, some days, the day that we climbed the mountain, that didn't feel like work. That felt like really fun, even though it was really hard. Um, but yeah, it's work and it's also fun. Would you say Mm -hmm. you're a workaholic? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> I would not. I am able to turn it off when it's time to turn it off. And I try to do as much work at work as possible so that I don't have to bring it home. Sometimes it overlaps, but um, no, <laughs> I work really hard to not be that. So you have yep. a balance. I do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Are all girls schools right for everyone? No, I don't think any school is right for everyone. I think that's why choice is important. So, uh, but I think it's right for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. How should schools empower young female voices today? Let girls be loud. Let girls argue. Let girls disagree. Don't feel defensive or offended as an adult if a student disagrees with you or says that what you're doing is wrong. Um, I think we need to check our own egos as adults in school buildings and let people um, say what they need to say, especially girls, because so much of how we are socialized as women is to, you know, be quiet and go along and keep people happy and do what, you know, you're told. And um, a lot of what we do at GALS is to help students do that. Is that easy as an adult in the building? No. Um, Sometimes it's really hard to uh, get pushback. But I think give people space to do that. Give students space to express their opinion. Give them time to work through a compromise and they'll change the world. Yeah, and I really like that because I've had situations where I just felt like I wasn't heard, like, mm-hmm. at school. Because, like, like you said, like, it's normalized for girls to, like, just be quiet and, like, just not say anything. But, like, you just have to, like, learn how to say it because mm-hmm. you just can't hold it back. You need to, yeah, you just need to learn to, like, have a voice and know mm-hmm. your worth as yep. a lady. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. All right, so we're going to be starting into moonshot questions. Okay. All right. So think about your Moonshot Fellowship experience. Mm -hmm. What was the most important lesson you learned that you still carry with you today? So much. Um, I think knowing yourself and how important it is to know who you are, to know your strengths and weaknesses, to know where you can grow, to know how you show up when you're stressed, because... All of those things show up in whatever you create. And so if you are leading a school, the school is going to start to show your strengths and start to show your weaknesses, if, especially if you're founding something. So if you're creating a program, creating a school, it's going to show up. You are going to show up in the school. And so the better you know yourself, the better you're able to hire people who maybe buttress your weaknesses. So people who have strengths that you don't have and hire people to um, continue to build on your own strengths as well so that you can fill in those gaps. If you don't know who you are and you don't know what's missing, um, then that is why businesses fail. That's why programs don't work out or why they have problems. And so um, starting with who you are first before you go and create something new. And do you think Moonshot helped you find yourself in a way? Yes, yes. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was definitely feeling really lost in a lot of ways at that time for whatever reason in my life. I was feeling like I didn't, I hadn't really found my people in, in Denver since I had moved back. Um, I I felt like 
a little ungrounded. And so I I felt like finding the community helps me remember where I come from, remember who I am, and um, meet folks that are also trying to do the work here. And would you say that like being in Moonshot helped you like in a lot of ways, like strength-wise and weaknesses-wise? Yeah, I would. Knowing's half the battle, right? So figuring out what those things are on a deeper level and working with people who are also improving themselves and figuring out what is most important to me. A lot of the work that we did in Moonshot was around values, clarification, and what is most important to me, finding my top three values is, and and then you can kind of point your north, n- yourself toward that North Star as a as a leader and as a person and make decisions that are good for you because, uh, and also be able to say no to things that don't align. And yeah, so that's, I think personally and professionally, it's helped me get better. And growth is one of my top values. So that's important to me. <laughs> good to hear. Yeah. And think of where you were at when you did the Moonshot Fellowship. Where were you at personally and professionally? What does Moonshot experience mean to you? Yeah, so um, I was I was at a place where I felt like I was not growing and I wasn't feeling as connected to the work I was doing as I wanted to be. It's really important to me to feel like I'm making a difference and feel like what I'm doing is solving a problem. And so, um, and I, I didn't really know what it was that I was feeling, but I was feeling unsatisfied. I was feeling like I needed to be doing something more. And so um, it helped me move from that place. So that's where I was kind of professionally. And then personally, like I said, I just didn't didn't really know my place. I didn't really know. Um, I think you go through kind of highs and lows of that in life where sometimes you're really confident and strong and know who you are. And then sometimes it's this kind of identity crisis. And that's where I was at. And so meeting um, all of my cohort mates and and being able to work with people that were also, you know, starting something that was really important to them was a very valuable experience. So the community is, you know, it helps me move from a place of not being sure where I was to moving back into my passion of education and to be able to be in a place where I feel like I'm answering a calling. They do a lot of work around kind of different strategies in different ways to get to know who you are. So lots of different perspectives, working with other people, seeing their perspectives on that, and then kind of getting deeply into who you are as a person, working with coaches. So they approach it from a lot of different directions. Yeah. Education is hard work. What keeps you going? There's always something that can be better. There's always something that can be improved and something that we can do to serve students just a little bit better. And so just being able to solve little problems and being able to help people every day. And then just those. So when we climbed the 14er, we had nine students make it all the way to the top. So we brought 14 along on the trip, nine made it all the way up. And every single student that started was able to summit and able to make it to the top. So the and along the way, a lot of them wanted to quit. This hurts. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I don't have the right shoes. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. And they all did it anyway. And so that moment at the top, I literally cried. (laughs) And I was so proud of them. I was proud of myself, but I was really 
it was a really powerful moment to see what we can do when we encourage each other and when we believe in ourselves. And so those kind of moments and being able to create moments like that and being able to be a part of moments like that keep me going. Just remembering that this is the kind of magic that can be created when we work in community together. I think that's really beautiful because, yeah, we have to work together to keep like, because if one of us gets down, one of us has to help us up, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, I like that. and. I feel like, yeah, going on a trip could have opened, like, a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. because, yeah, like like you said, they didn't have the right shoes, they didn't have water, they didn't have the right resources, but you guys still got through it, mm-hmm. which is what mattered. Yep. Yeah, and it shows you how you can get through something, mm-hmm. even if you think you can't, mm-hmm. you can't. Definitely, yeah, and that's the power of experiences like that, too, because that's something we can reference throughout the year, and we can say, oh, this test is hard, but remember, you climbed a mountain, so you can do this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And not even just a year, maybe in their life. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Describe your work venture, your work or your venture in a few sentences. The highs are high and the lows are low. Constantly learning and it's a lot of interaction with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of paperwork. Not my favorite part. <laughs> and you would say you like the interaction with people, Definitely. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is the best part of your day in your job or your venture? I think those conversations with people where something clicks, whether it is a staff member, so a teacher that I'm coaching or supporting or a student just helping to understand something uh, in my. So I'm the head of character and culture as well as the high school principal. And so a lot of the work I do is around we do restorative practices. And so it might be a restorative conversation with two students And we're getting there and getting there. And then suddenly there's a breakthrough where they're able to see each other and they're able to get to a place where they can um, find respect for one another. And sometimes those are between teachers and students. But that moment where there's a connection or that moment where there's that aha, those are the best parts of my day. So communication and just being around like people is mm-hmm. the best part. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it's a really positive and healthy environment. So that's good. Well, thank you for joining us, Erin. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, it was great to be here. And thank you guys for tuning in. But before we leave, Erin, please finish the sentence for me. Moonshot is? Community. Community. All right. Stay tuned for the next episode, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Voice of My Bella podcast. You can find our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can support our work by checking out our Instagram at Confluence Media Center. Click the link to you about to connect with us. Be sure to rate, reviews, and follow us. Make sure you put them good. And make, make a, a donation. donation. This has been a Confluence Media production. Psh.